What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Hadija Toto. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hadija Toto, and you are listening to Entrance You, the podcast where we are the deliberate creators of our own realities, united in light during the darkest hour. We foster spaces of love, truth, and acceptance because we know we are one people. Living through different simulations, we define and choose to be our own truths while living in a co-created environment within multidimensional realities. With that being said, we're just curious to see how others create their worlds as knowledge and understanding so that we may create our worlds by just simply actively listening. Now, everything I'm going to say, you already know, and you don't have to agree or disagree. It's just simply us sharing what we know and our knowledge and what we have to offer to bring to the table. And and that makes me so, so, so excited because we have this amazing guest called Jay Renee. And I know it's going to be a great show. And I'm going to tell you why I know it's going to be a great show. Because today, I mean, I've never had such a long mic check one, two, one, two to the point where you even see me on my cell phone right now and doing this while the computer is still on at the same time. So it's real in here today. And it's okay because I know this is going to be so powerful that not even the internet can handle it, but they're going to handle it today. So, Let's talk about Ms. J. Renee before she comes to the stage. So she's a business agent of Nishante S. Bellamy, who is the CEO and founder of Ziggs Nation, and which is a digital network. And so this network hosts, it's the largest kids and family digitally based video and audio network that will consist of 20 different on-demand video channels, 20 live stream channels, and on-demand channels. And she's also a co-founder of Hip Hop Humanism, which I'm so excited to talk to her about today. And, and she does that with the legendary rapper Dana Dane. It's a nonprofit to create a grassroots program for people who are at risk. And what's so beautiful is that people are having mentorship and it's a good way to network uh, within the neighborhood. And hip hop humanism is also throughout Africa, in Kenya, Nairobi, Nigeria, and different places. And it helps these orphan children and young uh, Kenyan communities to do what they need to do. And she's also a member of the National Press Photographers Association and has been an independent journalist since 2017. And you know, we love journalists on here because, you know, that's that, that's what we do too. And so to have someone in the social justice realm doing journalism is an absolute honor. So I'm gonna quit gabbing for so long. I'm gonna just go ahead and bring on Miss Jay Renee. How are you doing? You're on mute. Hello, my dear. 
You definitely got me smiling. I appreciate that. All that positive energy, I can feel it coming all over here. So thank you for sending those vibes and thank you for having me. Yes, I'm <laughs> excited to have you. I remember seeing your name, I believe when I first saw your name, it was on Tia Hamilton's page. Miss Connoisseur, she was on here and she, she did an interview as well. And I think that was the first time I saw you and I added you on Instagram. And then I got to meet you in the flesh in person when you did, uh, when you were at the the meet and greet. It was the media meet right, for the Authors Expo. Yep. Authors Expo, which was so exciting. And I was like, ah, I, I know who this is. <laughs> so it's so nice to meet you in the flesh. How are you doing? Most definitely. Yeah. I'm doing good today. Um, you know, life is is something else and it comes at you fast. So it's been an interesting day. I think that's the word I used earlier. I was like, it's interesting. Yeah. But it's definitely getting better. And your smiles are definitely contagious. Like my cheeks is like, you have my cheek hostage right now. So I appreciate the vibes for real. <laughs> so I'm doing good. Things are looking up. They're looking up for sure. I love it because today we're <laughs> digging in your brain so i'm excited to i mean you have so y'all she has so much okay. and she has so much just oh my gosh like value and i need i need her do you have a book you know i've been trying to write a book forever girl i don't know it's gonna be like part seven it's gonna be a one in my whole the first story gonna be seven books i don't know but it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> i mean <laughs> nah, not yet we're just gonna go ahead and dig in so people can understand why I'm asking you this question because just all of the things that we've talked about and bonded outside of here is just like, wow, like you're one amazing human being and just going through the things that you went through and the things that you've done with the things that you went through. I mean, because it's, you could easily be an excusable case for whatever. Yeah. I mean, whether it's, I don't even want to speak that kind of stuff in the atmosphere, but I know what you mean. Let's go straight into it. What, okay. how did you come up with hip hop humanism? Because I think, first of all, that's a dope name, but why hip hop humanism? Okay, so hip hop humanism. So, how it came about is a dear friend of mine was talking to me about humanism, right? And I was like, man, what is that? Because my first my first reaction was rejection. You know what I mean? Like, what is that? What are you even talking about? Humanism, you know? And it was like, no, you know, humanism is, you know, caring about humans just because we're human, looking out for each other. Just, it was like just the big promotion of like happiness and kumbaya and hand-holding and sharing. And I was like, I like that because, you know, that's something that resonates with my heart. So we were having conversations also about hip hop music and rap music and how things have changed. And um, he was like, you know, so if you really think about it, you know, most hip hop artists when they first began, like back when hip hop started, were humanists because they talked about, you know, bettering ourselves. They told us our stories so we can learn from them. Um, they talked about, you know, the community there and stop killing each other. Just even back then, it was like a sense of responsibility that hip hop artists had when it came to talking to their communities. 
So they was like, you know, it, it kind of go hand to hand. I said, you know what? I can definitely make that link. So um, we were still talking and then they let me know that they knew Dana. They was like, yeah, you know, I know Dana. So we started chatting a little bit. And then it was like, you know, we should come up with an organization that that pays attention and use hip hop as a catalyst for that because hip hop, we feel like is very, very powerful. Hip hop is extremely powerful, you know? So I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. So um, we had a brother help us with the website and we put it together. So at first we were just going to promote like hip hop artistry, like positive hip hop though, because that's what we want to get back into. It's so much music out now that just talks about destroying yourself. You know what I mean? So that's how it started. But it grew into my neighborhood. Like when I was in the military, I was in a bubble. And the only thing that really I really could see and focus on was that bubble. I could tell you everything about the military and not much about my hometown or even just the rest of the world, you know, if it didn't deal with the military. So once I got there and I started to look on how my neighborhood changed and how the children were affected and just watching it, I was like, man, we need to do something for these kids. They need a way out. So that's what changed it from just the promotion of positive hip hop artistry to building something for our kids, grassroots programs, programs where we come together as a community and do something for our kids, a way out. It's like if a if a child is, is brought up and or is born into a situation to where the parents are doing the wrong thing and then their grandparents are doing the wrong thing and then the great grandparents, they might be alive and they might not be. It's, it's like, it's, it's setting them up for failure. No one's showing you anything other than all this bad stuff. You might end up starting, like it's a high probability you're going to fall right in line with that. Like if no one is teaching you how to read, you're not going to learn how to read. Like, you know, you know, so that's how it kind of transitioned to that and grassroots. And it all goes together because hip hop is in the hood. So it all goes together. So that's how that came about. I know that's a long-winded answer. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's per look. Let me tell you something. All answers on here are long-winded, and I expect them to be just because they're just, like I want to know. You know what I mean? And the audience wants to know right. because, especially with social justice things, you know, it's that sometimes the listeners have might be ignorant to the kinds of stories and lifestyles and things that you know, our people see and go through because they didn't live that life or they, they might've seen it on TV, right? Like I remember watching The Wire, right? And right. seeing mm. that, and then I was like, I'm not going to Baltimore. You could not pay me to go to Baltimore. Uh-uh, not, not being from- Right, right, right. From you know, bougie suburbia, Virginia. Like, no, I'm not going there. But then when I went there, I was like, wow. This isn't like the wire. I don't. Maybe they cleaned it up. Maybe they didn't. But it was just some time. It taught me that what you see on TV it has its own agenda, and it's always questioning, you know, that agenda and talking to the real people because what the real people have to say, who actually live in these neighborhoods, who actually function in these neighborhoods, and it's their day to day real life. 
versus people who are just visiting and not really understanding or knowing what's going on. They're two different narratives. And I was like, well, that how part. would you talk to them when I have the source in my face? So you are definitely the source. And I love how you talked about, you know, bringing back the positivity in hip hop and like having those conscious rappers, because that's something that I think we're, I brought Swing Scott Seven on here and we're talking about like the culture shift and how like we're shifting into this um, like more positive way because, you know, for so long, like destruction has been selling. And I just, yes, like, where does that come from? Because I know you talked about the, like the importance of the environment and hip hop comes from the hood and, you know, and, and in that environment, but how, what's the importance of community in regards to hip hop? Well, in my opinion, when it comes to that, like most come from a certain community. It's just honest. You know what I mean? That's where it started anyway. Right. Um, and I don't know, like me personally, I think that a sense of community should be in someone that comes from it. Like me being where I am in life now, I don't have everything. I'm not rich or nothing like that. But I do have things that I feel like I can give back to my community. So mm -hmm. I do. So me knowing the power of hip hop. And I feel like most of the most thing more. I think that it just needs to be a more conscious effort when it comes to what you're putting back into your community. If you're a hip hop artist, a rap artist, and your main consumer is your community, why wouldn't you want to put something in your music or in your time or in your timeline or in your life or in your atmosphere that's giving back to that community, enriching that community, uplifting that community? If all you're putting in back into your community is death, I mean, that's, that's, That's horrible. And it's like a lot of these songs that you listen to, um, they are adult entertainment, you know, but there are some children that don't have adult supervision or an adult that is explaining these songs that they're hearing. Like I did a video about that. It's like we're listening as adults. We can listen to pretty much what we want. And we pretty much have enough common sense and world knowledge to know that this is just entertainment and we're not going to go and want to emulate or um, praise these things that are happening in this song. It might just be the beat that that's around us and they're listening to this music with them and there's no conversation to be had about what they're hearing. So they see you're having a good time to it and everybody else seems to be having a good time and it's all over the radio and TV. So they're thinking this is what it is. This is, this is real life. This is what you do. You do drugs. You have sex with as many people as you can. You treat them disrespectfully. If someone bothers you, go ahead and shoot them in the face. And no one is saying, don't do that. Right. But then you have generations that are thinking that this is what they're supposed to do. So I say all of that to say, if... And at one time, I used to be extremely hard on rap artists. I'm like, you have a social responsibility to not do this to our children, like, you know. But I had to take a step back and realize, I, even though I may feel that they should, I still do think they should have a sense of responsibility. They are making adult entertainment. And it, I had to put it back on the parents and the adults in this child life. Like, I grew up on... 
on Little Kim and Foxy later years, but it was a lot going on, you know? But I also had uh, my grandmother and my mother and my uncles, and my grandfather and them said, I don't care what Little Kim said, this is what you gonna do and this is what we do here. So I had that. So it made me realize that that was important too. But I do believe that the music, the way that it's created, I mean, depending on who you ask, it, it's, it's a purposeful destruction. In a way, some would say, you know. But I know that Adrian and that I, I just wish that I wish all artists talked about positive stuff, but I can't make that so. But so it makes me wish even more that the adults in the children's life are counteracting the world, man. Like putting them on, like, hey, I know this is what they said, but this is why we don't do that. Or just ask questions. How do you feel when you heard them say something? Like engaging with our kids. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of, you know, when, when we actually met in the flesh and Saigon was there and we had spoke on, you know, like when he was making, started making positive music, music that was uplifting the community, music that was like allowing people to be great. It was like, they wouldn't, they were like, nope, you can't make this music. Right. And, was like on the executive level. They wouldn't let him out of his contract. They wouldn't let him out of anything. And it just kind of reinforces the idea of what you're saying of like, you know, like people are seeking our the destruction of our neighborhoods because they won't even allow the artists to have that particular freedom right. to do it because it doesn't sell or, you know, like, and it's like, no, it, it does sell if you just let us sell it. But, you know, I was right. like, party b one time and she said the same thing she was like i tried to put out positive music and nobody liked it nobody wanted to hear it nobody was like you know when i put a song out about what i get a million two million streams when i put a song about believing in yourself you know like having empowerment as a woman and leaving that man because he's cheating on you and valuing you you know i might get twenty thousand streams she was like so it made it just made me wonder and it made me think like are people catering to their audience you know what i mean and are they what's going on with the environment and the people that that's what they want to hear that's what they see that's what they that's what they think is i mean in a way and i think we're catering to it wasn't like that once upon a time though I feel like we're, they might be catering to the audience now, but I think it became that way. Like, you know, I was born in the 80s, so I've seen the transition of hip-hop, man. I remember what hip-hop was when I was sitting in my grandmother's living room trying to mimic them on, the, on, on my video screen. Even my uncle, he used to walk around the house freestyling. I was like, man, that's so cool. But he wasn't saying nothing crazy outrageous you know what I, mean? I watched it change man like i remember when you know like the gangster rap came abroad and i've talked to some guys that are incarcerated that were living out what they thought reality was from the things that they heard into this music and you remember like tupac is one of my favorite artists of i don't want to say he's in my top but you know he's up there in my top seven i won't even say five he's up there in my top seven and um, I loved him to death, but a lot of his music wasn't 
conducive to our kids. I was at an age that I knew that that wasn't what I should be doing on the reality or stuff like that. But there were children around at that time that didn't. And those are the ones that were really affected by this type of music, you know? So I, it's, it, I think it progressed to now this is what it's become. Like if you think about our artists that we might say are conscious, like I'll use J. Cole for an example. When he first came out, he had to be who they wanted him to be until he reached a certain level. And now he can put out whatever he wants. This is J. Cole and everybody more of a free reign, you know? So I really, I honestly believe that where hip hop is now was created on purpose. Mm. Believe that. I think that, and I mean, if you if you go down the rabbit hole, you'll find different videos of artists and people talking about how the execs help mastermind that the destruction of of or the or what was put into hip hop. You know what I mean? And um, I think it was purposeful, man. I think it was for artists that are positive, no matter how much skill they have, they just don't get the same airplay as those that are talking all this foolishness. Yeah. Unless they unless they are a J. Cole or a Kendrick Lamar, someone that did it a certain way until they could do it their own way. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think it was purposeful, sis. Yeah, I and just listening to you say that, it just makes me think what kind of people are we you know what kind of people are we that that mm -hmm. kind of music is acceptable you know and and it's just hearing your passion and your compassion for the children like what is what is the importance of the children in the community what tugs your heart on them man because like children are first of all children are innocent man they're so awesome, right? First of all, they come here and they show us, in my opinion, how we're really supposed to be. They don't have any prejudices. They don't have any hate. They don't have any malice. They're just kids, man. They just, they want to be, they want to eat. First, they just want to eat at the basics, right? They want to eat. They want some love and some rest, right? Yeah. They, if you, and they, and they're like, they're so innocent that, in my opinion, they need to be protective. Like when I was growing up, there was things that happened to me where I wasn't protected and I know how it affected my life. So I would never want another child to go through that just because I did, like I know, you know what I mean? So that's something very particular when it comes to children are only what they see from us. If we show them love and, and compassion and giving out hugs and stuff like that, they become certain adults, but when you restrict that from them, they become a different type of adult. So our interaction with children are very, very important. So they're like, to me, they're one of our most valuable resources. They deserve our protection. And they also set the stage for the years to come afterwards. It's like every time a generation is born, it gives the people a reset. So if we're not doing that and we're just in bad, that's why like people will say like these kids are this and these kids are that. Like if you if you feel all of these negative things about the kids now that are running around, it's not their fault. Like they came here with a clean slate. They learned from watching us. Remember that old commercial? Like you dad, 
I learned from watching you. Like that's real. Yeah. That's a real thing. You know what I mean? So our children are important because they deserve to be protected and because they are just it's it's a cliche now, but the children are our future. Whitney Houston sang a song about it. It's the truth. They really are our future. And I always tell people, your kids or the youth around you, the generation after you, should be better than you, man. Like you you were here. You remember all the things you wish you knew, the stuff you found out that you shouldn't have known, you know, uh, what you needed, what you didn't need, what works, what doesn't work. So why aren't we putting that into our kids to make them the best adults, the best adults that they can be? Like, that's one of the things I take pride on. The, the children that I help raise, I feel like they're better than me, be it socially, be it academically, be it financially. And I'm happy about that. Like, okay, I feel like I did what I was supposed to do. You know, I made them better, man. Kids are, man, I said, that's, I don't even know what to say. Like, they deserve everything from us. That's, that's like part of our duty as adults is to rear these children. In a way where they, you know what I mean? Not just like in the world, like financially and stuff like that, but in their hearts and in their minds, yeah. the intellect. Just yeah. <laughs> I, I love that so much. And, you know, like I, I recently, I was triggered by something that I saw and it was talking about unity and how they were. Uh, against I versus we and uh, against separation and all these things. And I was just like, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't think people realize the the damage that they do when they speak in that way. Because it's like separation from what? Like, that's the part that, you know, when people preach unity, unity, unity. Yeah, unity after the separation that's where the unity is once we separate. And it's like, what are you separating from? You're separating from people who don't value you. You're separating right. use. You don't say unite, let's all unite together. And you're telling me to unite with my, you know, the person who violated me. Like you don't do right. that. So there is no such, we will never unite with, with those who who don't have our best interest at heart. And like you said, it's, it's the minds, it's the hearts, it's the spirit. And it's so important because as we continue and we go on, you know, with our children, like you said, every time a generation is born, it's time, to, it's a moment to reset. And the adult's responsibility is sift and sort through the things that they went through so we don't have to go through them. Oh, you're so spoiled. Yeah, you eat better. <laughs> <laughs> right, like I should be, I should be being the best adult I can be. Thanks mom, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's always been something, you know, and, and even when they, you know, talk about millennials, you know, some millennials get praised while others, you know, it might not. And I'm always like, but, Y'all are the generation mm -hmm. raised us. So really you're talking about yourselves. And there's some that 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 part that praise us and they're like, wow, you all are the greatest generation ever. And then others are like, Y'all are the laziest generation ever. And it's like, no, we just uh, because of technology, it's allowed for the generation to be children for longer, if that makes right. sense. I you know, know what you mean. 
and it yeah. and it allows for that self development because even though someone might be let's say let's say they're thirty five and they're entrepreneur and they still live at home with their parents or whatever it's like sure they might not be at that life goal of what that American dream looks like to someone but mentally in self-awareness they might be a lot further just because they don't have to deal with certain things and they're, they're trying to figure out their goals and their dreams and going towards these things but i wanted to lead that into the conversation of like the prison riot radio that you have okay. what like what inspired you to have the prison riot radio because the stories that you put on there oh they're yeah. heavy Okay. Yeah, definitely that. Um, you know, Prison Riot Radio does is it was created for a few reasons. Um, it was created by myself. It was created by the writer um, Kwame Dutch Teague, and it's created by a brother named Sequin. Um, me, I've never been incarcerated, but I have been affected by incarcerated since uh, incarceration. And since I was a child, he is still incarcerated actually for a crime that he didn't commit. He's coming up on 30 years. Okay. And then um, Brother Sequence, he is formerly incarcerated and now he's out and he's living the American dream. You know, the American dream. And hold on, can you see my quotes? Hold on. American <laughs> dream. But he's doing well. Like he's doing not to, you know, the quotes aren't to spite him, just saying the American dream of, you know, um, working, has a family, a home, and all that, that good stuff that they say. This is what to do if you're so prison riot radio was just pretty much created to give a voice to those that are incarcerated and informally so um right now when it comes to those that are incarcerated and formally so there's kind of like a there's a disconnect with with the people that's never been or, or can't relate and at times um incarcerated and formerly incarcerated are dehumanized by these other people um and and how you can tell that happening in a prison that is inhumane or isn't right a person that is dehumanizing someone that's in that situation is like oh well they shouldn't have went to prison they shouldn't have went to jail they shouldn't have been a criminal they shouldn't have xyz not taking into consideration that one we're all human and some people make mistakes to everyone that's there isn't a criminal Everyone that's there is not even guilty. And I think the more that we see the things going on in social justice, we see that it is, it, it might be see the things that police officers and prisons do when they don't know they're being watched. You know what I mean? So it was to give them um, a voice and an opportunity to show that it's still productive parts of society that they're they're doing positive things. They're giving back to their community, and it was also it's kind of like therapeutic for some of them. Um, some of them say, you know, the fact that they're able to share the spoken word or you know the, the essays that they write are really that you know. So basically, it's to help write the narrative, a real narrative on people that are incarcerated and formerly incarcerated, that they can be a productive part of society or a productive part of society. That if the prison system is supposed to rehabilitate, it is happening. People are being rehabilitated. 
Um, people are coming home, living productive lives, becoming entrepreneurs and, and business owners and things like that. It's just like a platform rated formerly incarcerated and even their loved ones that can see because I, I have things where the loved ones can talk about how the incarceration has affected them. Just giving them a voice, um, putting the real narrative out there. Um, and there's so many talented people like uh, authors. There's this one guy, he's got like 15 books that he's published. Um, wow. People are making movies out of there that's coming to the big screen. Um, uh, music artists, there's one, this one guy he has a record deal you know it's just it's just so much there and the and i feel like they are people that are often forgotten so we wanted to put a platform to just the system to get the voice out there to help get the real narrative out there and just to remind people that they're human too these people are human they're doing great things they're not all just you know gonna as soon as they get out is going to come and, 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 you know, lavish your home and stuff like that's just not true. And a lot of people think that's true. Court. Time to do our court, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it like what you're saying, it all makes sense because, you know, I will say I was guilty of that in university. I remember taking a class at the Richmond, the Richmond city jail. And when I first signed up for the class, I was like, oh, this is cool. We're going to be with the prisoners. And in my mind, I had judged them. And I was like, mm. like, I made a guess and I, and I made assumptions. And I was like, well, I mean, why, why would they, like, are they even going to study? Are they even going to take it, you know, serious? Because in my mind, right. for the, these have to be the F students that were in school. Because right. the prison pipeline. Right. Why are you here? Right. I can yeah. understand. So I'm like super judgmental going, most brilliant men. We were at a men's prison. So the most brilliant yeah. ever and just super talented. And I'm just like, I asked them, I was like, how are you so intelligent? How are you so wise? How do you know the things you know, but you're in here? You like, it didn't, it did, it wasn't clicking for me. And one of the guys talked about how he was in there for um, for shoplifting and, and stealing. And he was like, my baby needed some milk, you know, like, but, and, and I had to get it for him. And right. I was like, it humbled me in that instance because I thought of it and I was like, I've been blessed enough to not be able to put, be put in that kind of situation of having to feed my family or having to, you know, do those kind of things. And then, if, and he was like, yeah, and I already had a record and nobody would hire me. And it was just like this tumbling effect of like the men just speaking and telling like, well, once you're in prison once, now nobody wants to hire you. How are you supposed to get money again? So I went back, back on the block right. because why? I needed money. I needed money now. I needed money. Right. And they were going to pay me today and I was going to feed my family today. And right. it's, like hearing that it just like my heart sunk and I felt terrible because I was like, this is something I needed to learn because it was a reality that I didn't have to face, but it was something right. out there. But people who are in my reality- I'm on this interview. Yeah, judge people who aren't. So it's just like being able to navigate through that 
is so important and like what are what is one of the i would say what are some stories from the prisoners that you've you know heard or fought alongside of that just like blew your mind um every time i hear about someone that's incarcerated for something that they didn't do those are the ones that really blow my mind and um it's just it makes me it, it makes me sad but it makes me angry too but it makes me really sad that there's a system where this can actually happen and it happens a lot you know um, that bother me the most and a lot of these gentlemen have been locked up for a long time like two plus decades you know and they're still fighting for their for their freedoms and they have all this evidence where it's like man this makes so much sense and then but it's it's, it's so hard for them to get their justice you know those ones are hard um the ones where i hear about um inhumane conditions like Alabama has it really bad. Um, we actually had to get, we actually got to see some video footage from this place named Ware in um, Georgia, where it's just unsanitary. Um, and Alexander, they was, I've been told how they they get like rotten food, you know, food that's spoiled. They have a place in Indiana where they, it's been time that the food trays have had like rat droppings on them where you can tell, you know, it's, 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 it's affecting the food, you know. Um, we have instances in like Virginia where um, there's revolutionaries that's housed, there's one that's housed their name now, his name is Shaka Shakur. He's actually on a hunger strike. Today's his ninth day. Um, where they they single out people that are trying to do the right thing or trying to to help other in or help other incarcerated people see the light you know what i mean and they they retaliate against them sometimes with violence sometimes they'll put it out there that there are snitches which is something that you know if that gets loose in, in that type of environment personal harm can come to you. You know, we have some people that are locked down for 23 hours a day and let out only for an hour. And it's it's unjustifiable. It's not like these people committed like serious crimes or anything like that. It's just, it's just easier to deal with them when they're locked down for 23 hours and let down for an hour, you know? Um, violence. I, one guy told me a story of um, this this guy that he became pretty good friends with that got murdered for no reason. You know, he just got, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and he got stabbed and he was killed. So it's a lot, man. It's a lot of, it's a lot. It's a lot of, of positive things too, but it's, um, it's some bad stuff to, you know, perform. Whew. Man, that sent that sent that sent chills through my body just hearing how people are treated, you know, and to know that it's it's a majority of our people, and to know that that Thirteenth Amendment doesn't protect them in there, um, 
and and people and it, it's like they go through hell in there and then they come out and they still get the hell and i'm really glad that you're you're shedding light on this because these are things that you know like i would listen to the radio like listen to your prison riot radio and 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 see the stories and like even how people are getting kidnapped and oh yeah all, all these different things and it's like that's it's like a whole different world and it's like it just humbles me because i'm like here i am in my like you know safety and freedom and and and, and just it it just makes me realize why i do this show and it's like to hear stories like this and to hear you know the things that's going on in our community and how our people are facing it and dealing with it or fighting for it and you know social justice is so important um and it's like we all have to play our roles in it whether it's directly or whether it's indirectly like because i used to feel bad i was like i don't even know like what what, what role am i supposed to play like what, what can i even help out like well, what can i do and i was like you know what like I want to hear the stories. Mm -hmm. I want people around me to hear the stories because it's so easy to judge a population when you've never knew them, when you've never heard their story and you've never heard their struggle. And I see it time after time after time again to the point where even I have to check people that I know and I'm like, you don't know their life. like. I don't know their life either, but it's not our jobs to judge. It's our job to be grateful that we don't have to go through the shit that they're going through. You know, and 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 right. to figure out what like what happened. I always wonder like what happened like when these innocent people are in jail, like what you said, someone was in there 30 years longer than my life. Like in there for 30 years and and you're just waiting and it's something you were innocent about and you're entire that's a life mm -hmm. about something that you were in the wrong place at the wrong time and you're going through that and then to even see you can try to be righteous inside of these the g walls right you can be righteous inside of here and now you're getting targeted so it's like damned if you do, damned if you, if I don't. It reinforces that idea, like what we were talking about with hip hop before. It reinforces that idea of, yeah, we want you to be violent. We want you to be bestial. We want you to um, not uplift your people. We want you right. to 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 be in the ground and be at the bottom. We don't want you to rise up. We don't want you to aspire to. Be Anything. We want you to be our slave. We want you to be in exactly. bondage. And it's like, what is the, what is the war? <laughs> like, what is the war? And that's not even like a funny laugh. It's an uncomfortable laugh because it's like, what is the war against our people? Like, you want our men mm -hmm. behind walls, behind bars, and even our women, like. If that's like that in the prisons where there's rat shit in their food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it even and, then, and then people don't care because they'll say, well, they shouldn't have went to prison. It's like that. It's, it's not supposed to be inhumane, though. It's like some people use lose that humanity just because like that's not what it is. It's not supposed to be a place where you send people and treat them 
like trash and treat them inhumanely and break them down. But then you want to say that it's to rehabilitate them. That's we sent you but punishment system so it's like so what is it really so 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 say what it is you 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 are humane but you're not humane when it comes to people that's incarcerated so that means you're an inhumane person right mm. rat feces uh spoiled food having to sleep on the floor toilets not working right um abuse from being abuse from officers like all of this stuff is just not okay just because it's is incarcerated and some people are that detached from it that it is that's the first thing they say it don't matter what you say they're like well they shouldn't have. like that's the that's the escape key like i, I don't want to deal with this so i'm gonna say they shouldn't have went i don't even think they know to be honest jay like i don't i really don't think people know. I think that they see what they see. They see a resume, especially in corporate America. They see a resume. They see you did a crime. They don't want you to work at their jobs. They don't care about the story. They don't, you know, people are programmed to, you go to school, you make good grades, you go to college, you make good grades, graduate with good grades. You go apply for a job. You get your nice corporate job. You've worked hard. You've studied the books. You've been good and been in good behavior the entire time, not making these kind of mistakes. And you do what you do and rise to the top. Whereas, like, people, you know, like, from these different kinds of environments are not presented with the same opportunities. You go to a shitty school with shitty teachers who don't care, who don't understand you. Look like you, who then judge you. Then you're trying to make good grades, but your parent, you got to take care of the kids because now you're the parent at the house, and then you don't got no food, no water. So now you might be selling dope on the streets in order to support each other. Then you're you're going becoming an adult way too fast, even thinking about college. That's not, I'm not even sure that's a conversation. But let's say you do think of going to college. Now you're in college and you've escaped, but now you're still kind of low key worried about your family. How are they getting food? How are they making it? What are you doing? So you're not even really able to focus on your schoolwork and then you you go and you make something of yourself and then that's probably why they never come back to the hood you know and it's like yeah. damn yeah. That's fucked up it's a cycle heck of a cycle isn't it and then you also got the, the school to prison pipeline so it's definitely it's definitely real, man. Like I, I don't never, I don't feel like I'm a conspiracy theorist and stuff, and I really don't even like the word. But I think in, in, to what's actually happening and what's happened, you can only come up with so many conclusions. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, like the prison prisons since conception, it wasn't built on good stuff, right? Like you know what I mean, like. None of this stuff was built on good things or good intentions. It just became institutions because it just, over time, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, everybody might end up in this place. So it started for it, man. You're not even the police force. Yeah. Mm. My heart is just so, oh, my gosh. It's just... The things that you, the things that you learn, like sure, I can watch this, I can see it, I can hear the stories, I can hear the people, but 
just like knowing that you work with them directly, you know, and the fact that you, I just want to thank you for allowing the advocating and allowing the people who tell you stories and then relaying it back on here. And for the listeners listening to this, like, this is real. This isn't, I'm not bringing someone on that I met from CNN who's <laughs> right. and, 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 you know, or Fox News, and this is real. This is independent journalism. These are real stories. These are people from the environment in which you judge, or you may or may not judge. So listen to these voices because it's so important and the stories that are being told are so valuable because just hearing it, I'm like, I don't even know if I wanna, it's hard to hear but it's the reality of people. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff where I have to force myself to listen because it's like, I have the choice to listen. I'm mm-hmm. complaining about just listening. They're living through it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you, you need to hear, you need to listen and be aware of what's going on because. Right. And I found out like, there is so like when you find out all this stuff is going on at the prisons, you're like, there has to be somebody that governs this, right? And there is a a, 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 a institution that's supposed to govern it, but they're corrupt too. And it's like the prison system is a billion trillion dollar business, man. They get so much money is behind their walls, you know, and it, it it makes me so upset because they get all this money, but then they can't get their medicine. They can't get their therapy. They can't get certain supplies. They can't have this, that, and the other. It's because they don't want to spend this money on it. So if you don't want to spend the money where it's supposed to be, but the money's still going away, somebody's stealing it. Someone's taking it. Where's it going? Money doesn't evaporate. Whose pockets is it in? It's a, it's a, and that's why they want people to. Okay. That's why they stop the, the recycling process that can happen because they get money every time they come. What if everyone that went to prison actually got the real, real rehabilitation that they needed? No one would come back and they will lose money. That's not what they want. That's not the plan. The plan is how much money can we make off of these bodies? Yeah. Is man very unfortunate, but that's that's really what it is. Mm. Wow, it, it's just fuzzy. so much. There's so much to unpack, and I was like, I want to move on the, and I can't even, I can't because <laughs> we don't even have the time to talk about the things that that I want to bring up. We have about ten minutes left, but I want. Yeah. Just like, you know, I always will come back and talk to you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because there's so much more to hear. You gonna, I'm gonna be like, here, here's the transcription of our interview. Go write that. Down. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But just like hearing that, like it's even a lot, man. It's you lot standing more. in your purpose is <laughs> it's so amazing because yeah, you standing in your purpose is just it's everything. You know, it's it's everything because as you stand in your purpose, you're just you're a, you're be, you're being a microphone 
mm -hmm. to people who need to be heard. Like, I don't know who that person was that told you about the rat shit in their food. And I keep going back to that because I couldn't imagine, you know, that and just even yeah. in Virginia, I'm in Virginia and knowing that there's a prisoner out there that is on hunger strike because mm -hmm. they've been doing good deeds and people are against them. Yeah. What, you know, and it just, mm, I, I don't have anything to say. I really don't. I really don't. I just want to say thank you for being courageous and coming on here and saying this. And I really hope that the listeners are listening and not judging. And if you all have any questions too, please feel free to ask them. And we'll, we'll have Jay Renee back on again. <laughs> Sure. I ask any I answer any questions, man. Like this is this is it's like once I found out what was really happening, you can't turn away from it. You know what I mean? And it's like I feel so bad if I miss somebody's call, whether I talk to them a hundred times or it's the man, cause because sometimes some of these guys, man. It's like they'll reach out once and then I won't hear from them again for a long time. And they'll be like, yeah, I got thrown in a hole because, you know, and they're telling me these bogus reasons. Then they were thrown in a hole for 30 days. You know what I mean? Um, the way that they, the way that they're so, it's like they're they're really pretty vulnerable of where because where they are. And it's like, unless someone on the outside is trying to help or shine light on what's going on, on with them they're they're just trapped there to deal with whatever whatever comes their way and it's not right man a lot of it is inhumane abuse a lot of it's definitely illegal but then there's who how do they get help the people that should be helping them assisting them and doing right by them are the ones that are doing them wrong so that's why people on the outside that have a voice that can get it out there has to do it we got to yeah. Yeah, and, and and unfortunately the the not even unfortunately, but the leaders that are quote unquote leading, I don't know where the hell they're leading or who the hell they're leading to, but the the ones in government now, it's like they wouldn't even comprehend this. Mm -hmm. Like they wouldn't even they don't care. Airport. Don't care. Don't care. And then they wonder why the public doesn't trust them. Like you, you can't mm -hmm. you can't ask for trust from people that you've never gave a fuck about. Airport. Like, oh come on, I just stabbed you twice. Come here. No. <laughs> I, you know, I'm story recently and I was like. How many times, you know, you read the story of Little Red Riding Hood, you read the story of the three little pigs, and now you think that the wolf is coming to you in peace. Right. How oh, many? Come on. Hey. Yeah, like how many times are you gonna hear who the wolf is right. in every single story? And they right. didn't think that the wolf would be like that. Right. No, right. now the wolf is mad because we know that that's the wolf, and we like, right. like we've read this story before. Mm -mm. Right, 
Exactly. No, please, please trust us this time. It's not the same as 20. Yeah, okay. It's not the same <laughs> 30 years. Nah, no. Yeah, right. Go ahead to your own neighborhood because we don't trust you either. <laughs> so go, you, you go past that along somewhere else. But I wanted to ask you, is there any way, are you going to the youth summit? I'm definitely going to be at the youth summit in Baltimore <laughs> at Urban Reads. Okay, August 21st. Yes, the youth. Yes, yes. So I'm definitely going to be there. Yeah. That was a good plug in. <laughs> <laughs> That's my big sis, man. I love her to death. I'm always plugging in. I'm always, it always. So, so this weekend, if you all. I'm going to be there. You come? Of course. Of course. I have to. I have to. It's 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 the it's a it's a good time, you know. It's a it's always a good time, and I love, you know, being around just creative intellect. And it's for our babies. It's gonna be a youth panel. Like it's gonna be so awesome. I'm probably gonna cry at least once. Like kids is kids, and like uh, and animals are my soft spot. Especially when it comes again, they get me every time. Kids are so oh, dope. Oh yeah, just <laughs> yeah. to watch them learn and everything. Like wow, yeah, most definitely. So make sure y'all come out to Baltimore, Maryland, and get some of this this amazing energy from the Youth Summit for the youth. And just uh, there's gonna be amazing artists performance performing. It's and gonna be great. Amazing guests coming but you have to find out you're gonna be there so yeah and do you have any social media have my fro out <laughs> yes do it do it do it i'll have my scarf on <laughs> a little bit okay that's all right you know i love a scarf yeah. i believe in them most definitely is there, where can people tap in and and plug in with you um on instagram you can get with me on the j renee that's T-H-E-J-A-Y-R-E-N-E. Um, also, you can link on to Instagram to, to Prison Ride Radio if you're just interested. Yes. And just seeing that. Or Riot Radio. Then on Facebook, if you put in the J Renee, just like that, all together, T-H-E-J-A-Y-R-E-N-E, on Facebook, you'll come up on my community page. And on there, you'll just see... Um, lots of videos that I've done personally, um, lots of things that I've shared about social justice, about community, and just about, you know, how to make this thing better for for our people. Yeah, because yeah, we, we definitely you know, so yeah. and we, and we Most definitely, definitely. And we definitely need to be informed. Hey, hey, Daryl. Uh, <laughs> we, we definitely need to be informed and to hear you know, what's going on is just phenomenal. So make sure y'all come out to Baltimore, Maryland at yes. Bookstore this Saturday. It's going to be amazing with amazing guests. I'll be posting a post on my Instagram. It'll have the address, the information and everything. So come out, come out. If you're free on Saturday, Daryl, I know you in Maryland. Are you in D.C.? Um, come out, be some good, some amazing guests coming. So great lineup and amazing artists and performances as well. So, well, thank you so much, Jay Renee. For having me. 
Um, I feel like I could talk to you for hours more, of course. You know, you know how we do. <laughs> for sure. But thank you for having me. I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you. I'm gonna put you backstage and then I'm I'm a we're gonna come back on here. All right. Thank you for joining us. And as you saw, that was Miss J. Renee with us from Prison Riot Radio to Hip Hop Humanism. Absolutely phenomenal. See, that's why, that's why we were getting some mixed up signals earlier today. But I just want to say thank you for everyone who came by and thank you to the listeners. We got a lot of work to do, so let's get it done and let's keep it pushing. It's Adija Toto and you are listening to Entrance You. We'll see you next time.